0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Working Title with Keyshawn Rains. This is your host. Today's episode makes me so excited because when I first met today's guest, immediately her energy hit me from across the room and I said to myself, who is that? I need to know her. I'm gonna go talk to her right now and the very first time we talked we had a great conversation about yoga, meditation, women of color, serving people who were underprivileged, children, education and when I tell you that I had no clue all of that was in her but I was not shocked to find out that she and I are in a lot of ways cut from the same cloth and both have a passion for creating a huge positive impact on this world. One thing I love about today's guest is that she, like me, is a multi-hyphenate, which means that she is shining her light in so many different ways and using her gifts to serve the world, to serve her community, and make certain that every person she encounters recognizes that they, as they are, are holistically dope. Today's guest is the one and only Carly Carpio. Before I spend any more time telling you just how holistically dope she is, I'm gonna let you find out for yourself. So sit back, get comfortable, take a couple of long, deep cleansing breaths and get ready for another conversation.
1: happy friday <laughs> happy friday i am wonderful um, we started our girls summer camp so we do a two-week summer camp it's called the student institute for business and leadership mm-hmm. we have about 40 young women of color they come to campus at usc and we do two weeks of entrepreneurship leadership team building mindfulness social emotional learning so we're just finishing up today's the, the end of week one Wow. Yeah.
0: Dang. What's so funny is I was writing down, um, just like taking some notes because you happen to be a person who was like, I'll talk about whatever. I don't yeah. care about the topic, which I love. I mean, I, I love when people, you know, select something specific too, but sometimes it's nice to just kind of be open to whatever comes. And the thing that I wrote down in my notes was heart-centered leadership. So it's really kind of a trip that you're just sharing about this camp that you do because I'm like, oh, perfect. Great. Wonderful. See? Universe. See? Universe is doing what it does best. So um, so I always like to give everybody my little spiel at the beginning. Uh, this is a safe space. This is a free speech space. Feel free to take up as much or as little space during the conversation as you'd like, I'm going to throw some questions at you and then I'm going to throw some other stuff at you. And, um, and we're just going to kind of let the conversation flow very naturally. Uh, I want to give you the time at the very beginning to introduce yourself to the listeners and you are a podcast host, so you know how this goes, Uh, (laughs) but you're going to introduce yourself to the listeners. Um, Tell us what you stand for and what you're most passionate about right
1: now. Oh, Oh, okay. We're getting deep early. I love that. Okay. <laughs> um, hey, everybody. My name is Carly Carpio. Um, I am a holistic health and wellness coach, an entrepreneur, a personal trainer, a yoga teacher, a friend, um, a daughter, all of these things. I have a company. It's called Holistically Dope. Yes, holistically dope, Mm -hmm. and I do holistic health and wellness programming, creating curriculum for schools, middle schools and high schools primarily focusing on bringing holistic health and wellness and stress resiliency tools and self-love to mostly underrepresented youth, Um, everybody Mm -hmm. ideally, but my heart really is with underrepresented kids. Mm -hmm. And then I also do corporate workshops, retreats, and the same holistic health and wellness things for adults which um, was not originally my goal, but turned out to be very beautiful. Um, I stand for purpose. Mm -hmm. I stand for purpose for people finding their passions, finding happiness, learning how to feel good in who they are and in what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I'm most passionate about helping share that, sharing purpose and passion and play and letting people know that, life can feel good and that it's okay. Nice.
0: I love it. So in case you didn't know, she does a lot. So (laughs) it's like, I love that. And you know, it's, I like to ask that question and I love when people just kind of run with it because, um, I don't think any of us who are doing this work in the world or the field of health and wellness, holistic health and wellness, healing and wellness, spirituality and wellness, anything under the wellness umbrella, I mm-hmm. feel like those of us that are standing in that work, that are doing that work, we wear several different hats, you know, or we carry several different pieces of magic with us because there's never like just one way to be able to create that sensation of of health and of that sensation of wellness. So I like that you... You do it all. And I love it. And uh, and I love that because it's like, why just be amazing at just one thing? Why not be amazing at several things? So that's, that's exciting. That's really, really dope. You said something uh, that I have not heard before a terminology, and I had to write it down, which okay. is stress resiliency. Can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit more about that?
1: I can, but first I want to shout out to the amazing healer that I heard it from, um, Amanda Muhammad. She is Mako Mindfulness, M-A-K-O Mindfulness. She is a stress resiliency coach. Mm-hmm. Um, we both lived in Dallas together and were yoga. Like I was a yoga teacher. I think she was about to get her certification or something like that. And we would just hang out. And then um, I moved out to L.A. and she's been growing her practice. And then I saw one day that she was teaching a, a workshop for mindfulness. And I was mm-hmm. like, huh, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And so I actually took the training through like the Nairoga Institute, like the dynamic mindfulness and all of that. And then um, I reached out to her because I was like, you know, I want to grow my mindfulness practice, but in a very intentional way and just was kind of asking her about her journey. And she's found her niche in stress resiliency. Mm -hmm. So tools like we can't stop the stresses of life from happening, but tools to help you be resilient, like in spite of everything. Mm -hmm. And so I've like done some research and I've kind of adopted some of those. So instead of like I used to say like stress mitigation, like tools to deal with stress, Mm-hmm. But it's really, it's rather building a resiliency to all of these things that we have to go through and grow through all the time.
0: Heck yeah. And because like you said, we can't stop it. You know what I mean? That's like, we mm-hmm. can't stop the world from spinning. We can't stop the sun from rising. We can't stop, you know, stress from existing, but being able to, like you said, develop a sense of, a sense of resilience and kind of a sense of, for me is a sense of connection to it. Like, what is this? where is Mm -hmm. this coming from? Why is this? Exactly. I'll say why. Why is this? And then recognizing like, okay, so it's the why that my effort and energy and focus is on as opposed to the what is happening right now kind of thing. And sometimes being able to draw away from that is really important to be able to tap into the part of yourself that already has everything you need to be able to overcome, pass through, process around, whatever it is. And I think that's where that resilience comes from. So yeah, I love it. We learned a new phrase today. Yay. I love, love, love it. <laughs> so I want to ask you, um, what drew you to creating programs specifically for youth? Where does that come from?
1: Man, so I used to be an engineer. <laughs> if we want to add to the list of things that I've done, <laughs> I used to be an engineer, and I liked my job, but I didn't love it. And so I was like, mm, I'm working like 60, sometimes 70 hours a week. And I thought I was going to be able to help people, but I'm really just making rich oh, white people richer. And I was mm. like, ah, I don't want to do that with my life. They have enough. So, <laughs> and I'm like, so what can I do? And I'm like, well, I want to ma- help the community, but I also want to make money. And I know there's a way to do both. I just don't understand how to do that. So I started applying for business school. I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm going to go to school. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I applied to business school, came out to USC for business school. And literally in my entry essay, I was like, you know, I want to do well and do good. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to make money at the cost of losing impact. And so what can I do? And so um, fortuitously or synchronistically, Mm -hmm. uh, they have what's called the Brittingham Social Enterprise Lab Mm -hmm. at USC. I had absolutely no idea that this thing existed. But what it is are companies that make money but are focused on creating impact in the community. And at no point is the money more important than the impact which is why it's a social enterprise instead of a Mm -hmm. regular company. Mm -hmm. Very mission driven. And I was like, I found my people. Like I had no idea, but I found y'all. And so um, I was talking to the man who founded that, Adlai Wertman, he's super dope. Mm -hmm. And he was like, so what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to help everybody. And he was like, what do you want to help them with? Everything. And he was Mm -hmm. like, okay, Carly, as much (laughs) as like, (laughs) you should have seen his face. He was like, as much as I believe you can, Mm -hmm. and I believe you have the heart, He was like, if you focus your, like focused energy will make a bigger impact than sprinkling energy. And I was like, okay. And he was like, so really think about that. And so through our conversations, I started realizing that I wouldn't be who I am or where I am. If I didn't have certain people at pivotal moments in my life pouring into me, I had track coaches that would give me rides to and from school because my parents didn't have a car. Mm -hmm. I would have friends who would buy us groceries and we didn't have food. I would have teachers that knew I didn't have a great home situation and would help me out and pour life into me and speak life into me. And I really wouldn't be here if it weren't for them. Like if I didn't know somebody believed in me, if I didn't know that something else was possible other than what I've been around. Mm. So I was like, man, like I want to be able to be that person to somebody else, or maybe not be that person, but teach them a skill or give them a tool or something that they can think of so whenever they're about to quit Mm -hmm. whenever they're about to give up that they can like pull into their bag and be like oh no i have something for this or man i remember that crazy lady who used to try to make us do these breathing exercises (laughs) maybe i can do that now Mm -hmm. and so if i can just help one person the way that any of those people have helped me like that's kind of how i fell into this wow
0: that's beautiful. It really is, and and I like that you shared just a slice of your story, which is having people in your life at pivotal moments, having people in your life at moments of need, you know what I mean, and people that just mm-hmm. showed up for you, because I think that there's, some of us have had that experience growing up, and some of us didn't, and so mm-hmm. when I think about, you know, programs that are targeting youth, it, it looks like proactive trauma prevention in some cases you know what I mean it's like let me get in front of this before this Mm -hmm. this child loses their way or before this young person loses their way let me get in front of it let me show up for them let me do whatever needs to be done in whatever you know vein that I'm mastered in so that I can actually drop a little seed of hope in the, the lives of these people and I think that getting in front of it is a way that also shows an example to them like hey I was where you were Maybe, or I was in a similar situation that you were in. Mm -hmm. And I think that people of color in particular, providing this type of care for children or youth of color is so important because when I was Mm. growing up and I was going through stuff outside of, you know, family, the people that were pouring into me didn't look like me. Yep. (laughs) They didn't look like me. They were amazing, wonderful, loving and compassionate human beings, but they didn't look like me. And so for a long time, even though they were pouring in these really valuable messages and creating these really wonderful, you know, possibilities, there was a small part of me that was like, yeah, but I'm probably never going to grow up to be like Mrs. Dumont because Mrs. Dumont is a white lady and I'm I'm not, (laughs) and ain't no way I'm going to ever become that. So that's cool. But there was still a part of me that felt separate from that as a possibility. So when you're working with youth, what is, what is the reaction that you get when they hear stories and and they're learning and being led by you? What are you, what are you getting from these kids?
1: Everything girl, they give me life. (laughs) (laughs) So at this camp, um, it's, it's women, a young women of color. Mm -hmm. So we have about 40 young women of color from ninth through 12th grade or some just graduated transitioning to college. Mm -hmm. They're all young women of color and like exposure is so important. Exposure is so vitally important. Um, I'll answer that, but then mm-hmm. I'll, real quick. Mm-hmm. So um, I went to a conference here at USC and there was a young woman there, a young black woman who started this science company because she's a scientist okay. and an engineer. And mm-hmm. she started a science company for kids. And she said on the first day, she asked the kids to draw scientists. Mm-hmm. And they're like five, six, maybe seven. yeah, And they draw old crazy looking white men because that's all they've ever seen.
0: Yeah.
1: And then at the end of camp, she asked them to draw scientists. And they draw people that look like them. Oh I love it. Oh my God, oh. And It's just I wish I could remember the name of her program because she was phenomenal. Okay. But it's literally just exposing people to what can be. Yeah. And I I just get so much like I, I almost feel like it's cheating because I'm doing this for like a job. Sometimes I'm not, sometimes I'm paid, sometimes I'm not. Mm-hmm. It just kind of depends on the situation. Mm-hmm but I feel like I always get more than I give mm. and I go into it to give, but they always pour back into me. Like we were talking about stress resiliency tools and lessons that they've learned so far and keep in mind they're ninth through 12th grade. Mm-hmm. And this was just a couple of days ago. Okay. Lessons that they've learned so far to help them deal with stress. And one of the young ladies raised her hand and said, you know, I just really had to look at all the relationships in my life and I had to remove all the toxic people. Mm. And I was like, what? It's only been a week, girl. Excuse me? (laughs) What? Ma'am, like this? Hold on. Yeah. How old are you? Right. I know people twice my age that don't know that. I'm still learning how to do that. What do you mean? (sighs) right. Girl, and then another one, we were talking about self-care and Uh self-love and why it's important to learn to define yourself. And I was asking them, like, what are some of your self-care routines? one of the ladies was like, Well, you know, I get out of the shower. She was like, And I say my affirmations in the mirror. And then I dance mm-hmm. around. And then she's like, Then I do some breathing exercises. And then I write my affirmations. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Who are y'all? But y'all don't need me. Why am I? Do here? you want to teach the class? Exactly. Now, Can y'all teach me? <laughs> it's a trip. And, uh, it's a trip. You know, it's a trip
0: because I feel the same way. You know, like I'm actually um, doing a camp with little, little kids. Um, I-, I got invited to teach out here in DC. And it's like, I want to say four to seven-year-olds, so teeny tiny Mm -hmm. ones. Um, And I think about, you know, when I've worked, you know, with kids before, that even just having a 17-year-old son myself, there's things that he says, and I'm like, what? Who? I've never, (laughs) what do you mean me time is important? What do you mean you wake up each morning and take 10 deep breaths and figure out what you want to be proud of for the day? What? (laughs) What? I mean, of course, I want to feel like I had something to do with that, Uh, (laughs) but, but truthfully, I think that the youth today are, um, they're, they're decades ahead of us in some of the way that they're the way that they think. And I think that just putting them in spaces where they can be exposed, like you said, or see themselves represented in, in this type of thinking and this way of living, I think is going to be the, the thing that really sets them apart, you know, even from us, because I mean, I'm in my early 40s now. And when I was a kid, there, nobody was having conversations about self-care, about Mm -hmm. meditation, about stress resiliency, about any of those things. And the stressors that I think that, you know, kids ages, you know, 12 to 17, 12 to 18 are dealing with are very similar to the ones that we dealt with, you know, back in high school, but with an added layer of technology, which just kind of exacerbates everything. So what are some of the things that, you know, that you experience when you go into these spaces to be able to support these kids?
1: It's, it always varies. It's always different. You never know what to expect and Mm. to be very fluid because um, when I first started, I would go in with my plan and we were going to do all these things and it was going to look like this. And then it never looked like any of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I would like leave kind of dejected, like, oh, man, we didn't get to any of this. But the things that they share, um, the bravery that they have to mm. even have these conversations and to show up in these spaces when it's awkward. Um, they really give me hope mm. Like a lot, like just seeing this generation, seeing how they interact with each other seeing how how open arms they are for whatever and whoever you choose to be they're very respectful of pronouns they're very aware of trans people of transgender people and like their struggles mm-hmm. and like i just love i love that because i feel like like our generation like we are open mm-hmm. right like we're more open minded we're excited our parents not necessarily open mm-hmm. we're more open but they're accepting yes. and it's like wow to see To see, you know, humanity start to grow that way, it really gives me hope because sometimes like the world can be so heavy Mm. and we can get so caught up in the wheels of capitalism and of all the craziness that's happening in the world. But to see these kids like be accepting Mm. and be aware, Mm -hmm. it's just it really is everything. Um, I think I also learn um just to like let people be where they are like some kids like aren't like being patient with them like I mm-hmm. guess is probably the thing because some kids come in on day one and that would be me like ready to share everything and to talk about it all mm-hmm. and some kids are like nah fam like I'm not about this life but then if you give them time they'll show up in their own way mm. or they won't and that's okay too you have to be okay with things not looking how you want them to be in with knowing that as long as you plant a seed, maybe at some day, at some point it will bloom for them. Right. Or maybe not, but you tried to plant it.
0: Right. Exactly. Well, and it's like following your intention. It's like, my intention is to be able to plant these seeds. You know, my intention is to be able to nurture seeds that might've already been planted. My intention is to be able to model, you know, certain behaviors. And if even one of those catches on cool. You know what I mean? I Mm -hmm. I did what I came for. And like you said, not being attached to what the outcome is or not being attached to the way that it shows up, the way that it looks like I was talking to someone the other day about just manifestation. And sometimes when we have this desire or this dream or this vision for our lives, we develop an attachment to that vision, you know what I mean? And the way that we see it looking and sometimes while we're so attached and hyper focused on that vision. The universe is like, girl, do you, do you see what's already we're happening? Missing for you exactly. over we're missing out. we're
1: missing out. Oh, my God. And see, synchronicity is so beautiful. Yesterday, I was having a conversation with one of my friends. And we were like, you know, it was so funny because I had was talking to one of my friends on the phone before we had a panel at the, at the school in our camp. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, telling him, I was like, you know, everything always works out exactly as it should. And I walk in and see my friend on the panel. And she was like, you know, everything always works out exactly as it should. And I was like, what? Like you can't make this stuff up. And so I feel like that's, that's kind of like the conundrum is like we have all these visions and goals and dreams and we're working to manifest these things. But sometimes we get so attached and caught up to that, that we miss out on the experience of what's happening right now. Right. And even in relationships, right? Like mm-hmm. we have these expectations and we have how things have to look and these rules and blah, 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 blah. But like, we don't own people. No, they're not yours. No, they're, they're, they're their own and you're your own. And we just get to experience each other. And every time I find myself tripping or triggered or mm-hmm. whatever's happening, I just remember like I'm here just to experience you right. and to enjoy that experience.
0: Right. Exactly. I was just talking to I was recording an episode last night with um, a friend who's an MFT and her specialty is romantic relationships in the queer community. And we were talking mm. about that exact thing, which is the idea that in our pursuit of love in our pursuit of joy, that the goal, so to speak, of relationships is simply the, the connectivity. That's really it. That's just, it. I just want to connect. And, you know, I'm not here to change. I'm not here to transform. I'm not here to coach. I'm not here to, I'm just here to connect in mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. And to know that, to be able to, you know, see someone exactly as they are. And also to remember that every person that you connect with is a reflection of you. Mm-hmm. Every single one. And in some facet of, of your existence, they're a reflection of exactly who you are. And so finding the space to allow yourself to just kind of be and just kind of experience, like you said, I'm just experiencing who you are. That's, um, that's something that's, that's coming up a lot for me recently, especially moving across the country and being in a different space and being around new people. At first, I found myself like, I'm going to find me a person just like so-and-so at home. (laughs) It's not happening at all. I'm finding brand new people and like putting myself in new spaces and things like that. So I noticed when, whatever I have everybody do, like a podcast. Time for a break. Time for a breather one thing that we often forget to do as we move throughout our lives throughout our day is to breathe so i invite you right now to allow three deep intentional breaths to enter and exit your body and by the time you're done we will be ready to continue thank you so much for listening
1: You're from Oklahoma? No shit. I am from Oklahoma.
0: <laughs> How long have you been in California? Like, what brought you to the West Coast? Uh, for school. Okay.
1: So for business school. Um, but I lived. So I, I was actually born in California, but raised in Oklahoma, and I still kind of look at my mama sideways, like, really? Like <laughs> that, that was <laughs> for real. But but I'm actually <laughs> really grateful for my. I, I can't say Southern because Oklahoma is technically in the middle of everything. So I'll okay. just say my country upbringing. Okay. <laughs> um, and I do say y'all a lot, which is funny. And the kids laugh at it. They're like, like, when, cause I also coach volleyball and they're like, miss, why do you say y'all? And I said, because it's gender appropriate. Like it's fine. <laughs> oh, right. It encompasses it covers everyone. Right. Yeah, so, so y'all go run. Like, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I moved out. I was living in Dallas because I knew I wasn't about to stay in Oklahoma. So I would intern in Dallas during undergrad every year in college. And then Mm -hmm. I moved there. And I lived there for three years. And then I moved out here in 2015. So actually, on the 15th, it'll be four years.
0: Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's dope. That's really dope. So out here or out there in LA, um, how did you find your tribe, like your personal circle? Like, how did you find those people?
1: Man. Um, In business school, when I first moved here, I did not like LA (laughs) Mm. because it was very USC centric. And not that USC is a bad thing because it's amazing and the network is phenomenal and the people are great. But USC has a little bit of a spoiled view of LA. Like we would go to Santa Monica a lot. We would be in downtown. We would be in all of these places, but there's also not a lot of people of color in a lot of those places Mm -hmm. that we were going. And I was just like, "Mm, not feeling it. Where's the culture? Where's the community? Like, these are not my people. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up interning for Green Dot Charter Schools. And I would be driving around in South Central, driving around in South LA, like Inglewood, like all of those places. And I started meeting people from LA. And I was like, oh, these are different than the transplants. Like, mm-hmm. I can kind of rock with them. Like, I like the L.A. from L.A. people. And then in the healing community, um, in the, like, poetry, in the artsy mm-hmm. circles, mm-hmm. doing things that I love. I would go to them by myself and ended up meeting people. One of my best friends is actually, uh, she's from Oklahoma, too, but she lives out here. Okay, And it's, she, she's in school full time for herbalism and acupuncture. Mm. for t- traditional Chinese medicine. And it was funny because she had her circles and I have mine. And at one point they started connecting and then I realized how small LA was. Yes. Um, but at the healing community, so going to yoga, doing workouts, um, teaching people who are interested in social impact, like just really following my passions led me to my tribe. I love that.
0: I love mm. that. And you're right. I, I think that's probably... An experience that a lot of people have who move to Los Angeles from other places is if the first people that you interact with are all transplants, and then that gives you one perspective of Los Angeles, and then you get a wave of other people. I had that experience. I went to um, like a 420 event uh, a year and a half ago, and the guy who was hosting the party is actually down the street from the studio um, Mm -hmm. in the View Park area. The guy who was hosting the party is not from L.A. He was just one who like lucked out on a really great house off of West around mm. the corner and you know redid the whole thing yada 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 so he's having this party and we're kind of sitting back it's a 420 party folks are smoking whatever and this guy sit down sits down and starts talking to us and he's telling us he's from Chicago we're talking blah 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 and he's like so where are you guys from we're like we're from here <laughs> and it was me and like three of my other friends I'm like my grandmother lives down the street my auntie's around the corner and he was like oh he was blown away because he was like, you guys are so chill and so relaxed mm-hmm. and just real people, and I was like, yeah, what? Who have you been hanging out with? <laughs>
1: Transplants, people who come
0: for the Kardashian experience of Los Angeles, which is not which even which is LA. my least
1: favorite experience of LA. Like that's like I don't, I don't even like that stuff. I like the the culture stuff, like the stuff at La Park on Sundays. Like I like going to stuff like people from here. Opera House, they're not actually from here. Okay. But I feel like they offer, um, like, a great just vibe. Yeah. Like it's just good
0: vibes. Absolutely. I And that's what, I mean, re- really, that's was the culture of L.A. I mean, I st- hopefully will still remain the culture of L.A. Is that it, you know, it's, it's a laid back artistic haven for people who want to be their whole and complete selves in a way that they're not going to be ridiculed and judged. Like, it was, it's not as, you know, live as San Francisco in that sense, but still has its own, its own temperature, its own heartbeat, you know, and I think it's on energy. Exactly. And I think that as a lot of people flock to LA, I get it. You know, the same reason people flock to New York or they go to where they go. Um, My hope is that more LA natives will start to open themselves up to be able to, to embrace the people who are coming in, who are looking for community. Um, I have a good friend of mine who is actually putting together this event called the South LA wellness tour. Mm -hmm. That, um, yeah, my homegirl that I've known forever, she's also LA native, um, put together, is putting together this, this group and this collective and this organization to be able to find a bunch of holistic healing practitioners, people of color who are, you know, wanting to be able to provide service and support specifically for the South LA area. So I will have to make sure y'all know each other in case you don't already. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, um, a couple of questions that are a little more personal, but, um. Who is inspiring you right now?
1: Mm. um well, I'll start with the easy one, so these kids mm. they mm-hmm. yeah, it's so beautiful, and I mean, just the conversations like that we have and just being able to work around them like and seeing their hopes and their dreams and ambitions and how they're working like that's always inspiring. Um, and then next, I'll have to shout out my team. Like, and when I say my team, I mean, like, my inner circle, like, mm-hmm. the people in my life because I see them so boldly confronting their trauma yeah. and processing and working through. And I know what they've been through. And it's not easy. I can, when I say I know, I can't even begin to understand, like, everything. But I, even the surface stuff that I know and seeing them confront, like, really inspires me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one is myself, mm-hmm. actually. I've been doing so much internal work for so long and it's beautiful to start to see breakthroughs and to feel them and to be able to feel at peace. And so that's been a big inspiration lately.
0: I love that. That's beautiful. I am starting to recognize that in myself, you know, as opposed to like looking outwardly for inspiration. Of course, I'm inspired by a lot of people. Shout out to Oprah Winfrey. Um, I'm inspired by a lot of people in a lot of different ways, but starting to to draw that sensation of inspiration inward is is really transformative. You know, it's something that like even like when I'm teaching yoga classes, you know, sometimes doing like meditations or whatever, asking people to kind of pause and, and think of a person and experience that they're really grateful for, that they really love, or they're really inspired by, and then asking them to draw that inward. And that came from me starting to do that on my own and knowing that if my intention is to be inspiration to others, I first have to inspire myself. Mm-hmm. I have to. So that's, that's dope. I like that. Um, do you feel like right now you're walking in your purpose?
1: I do. Mm-hmm. I do. I'm really hard on myself. Um, I feel like it's never enough. I question my own greatness and things a lot of time and all the stuff that I'm doing. But luckily, you know, I'm learning how to appreciate where I am. Like it might not be like my grand vision that I'm working on manifesting, but knowing that I'm putting in the work every single day, like I'm literally walking in my purpose every single day. Like that's what keeps me going. Like if it's Mm. not in alignment with my purpose, then I don't want it. None of it, (laughs) not people, not relationships, not money, not anything. If it's not in alignment, I don't want it. And I pray about that every day, pray mm. for discernment, that I'm making the right decisions, that people, places, things, habits fall off of my plate that are not in alignment and just working on it, on exercising, you know, my boundaries when it comes to those things, because it can be so easy to get caught up in everything else.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and you said something earlier about... Um not allowing money to exist or come to you at the cost of impact. That uh-huh. was really powerful. I wrote that down just because I know um, I've had a couple of guests on who are, you know, in the holistic healing field, I guess in that world in the holistic wellness world. And some are at the beginning stages of, you know, building a business or even identifying that they want, you know, to be, to develop a business. And it's very easy to get attached to the material wealth because the world we live in, you need it. You know what you I mean? I like, it's... Say,
1: capitalism's not going anywhere. Capitalism capitalism's
0: not going anywhere, just like stress not going anywhere. So to be, <laughs> to be able to develop um, a real connection to the importance of impact, I think is very powerful. Uh, I was talking to a client the other day who's, um, you know, got a studio and is kind of like, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm not making the money I want to be making. And part of what I do as a like a consultant for her business is to really get back to her. Why? Why'd you even open the doors? What is it for? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And asking the question of how do you know when you've impacted someone? So that's my question for you. How do you know when you've made an impact?
1: Um, oh, this is a good question. Mm. I think sometimes you don't. Mm. <laughs> I feel like my, one of my mentors in yoga told me, she said, because I was telling her, I was like, I can do a personal training session or teach a workout class with my eyes closed to sleep. And I'm fine and confident Mm -hmm. and 100%. I can prep for a yoga class and still question myself when I get there and still stress. And she's like, you have to let the yoga do the work. It's not you. It's the yoga. Like, let the yoga do the work. It'll do it. And and so I keep that in my mind every time. And so I know I've impacted someone when I show up as my full self and let whatever I'm doing do the work. Mm -hmm. But I I have to show up as my full self.
0: Exactly. I love that. I love that. It's so real. It's what I think about sometimes is like, you know, when you're on stage and there's a spotlight and the spotlight is lit on one specific mark that's made just for you. If you don't fully stand on that mark, the spotlight won't catch all of you, which means that whoever you're speaking to won't see you. And so when I think of that mark and I think of that spotlight, it's that it's a divine spotlight. You know, it's a space that was created and carved out just for me based on the desires of my own heart and the intentions of my soul this is where i'm supposed to stand and if i tiptoe into it if i try to shrink away from it if i don't stand even just a an inch away from the mark i'm not going to be fully seen
1: and that's beautiful
0: that's something that um that i carry with me because i've experienced the same thing of like i can do this with my eyes closed i can do that with my eyes closed which not doesn't mean that my heart and my intention is not still in it but when it comes to yoga, it's something about these healing practices, something about digging into the soul experience of another person. There's a certain amount of humility that we carry with us, but sometimes humility gets wrapped in fear and we have to be mm-hmm. mindful of that. And I think you're right. I remember you the first time I heard you say that was like, let the yoga do the work. I still think about that when I teach today. And mm-hmm. I'll be sitting there like you, Sean. Don't Look, girl, it's, don't even worry about it. Just, just let the yoga do the work. Don't trip. They're, they'll be fine. And yeah. as soon as I, you know, take that breath and kind of step away from that and know that I'm standing on my mark, then I know that everything else is going to just fall into place. And it's not like a woo-woo thing. It's like this is real shit. Like you said earlier, like synchronicity is real. And, and these things come together so beautifully when we just allow them to happen <laughs> as opposed to trying to force it. Um, exactly.
1: Anything you have to force. It, it ain't not for you.
0: Not for you. No. Nope. Nothing.
1: Nothing. Like trips. Like if you're trying to. Jeans, trying to shoes, jeans, girl, whatever. Shoes, <laughs> hair, <laughs> eyelashes. Like let's just be all the way clear. <laughs> Nothing. And I mean, that also is like a, that's a self-check. I'm just preaching to myself here, but it's like, why am I trying to force this thing right now? Like, what, am I scared? Like, what, what's happening? Am I looking for validation? Like, what am I missing? Because anytime I have to force it, I know it's not, it's not right. Absolutely. And it's
0: uncomfortable. And it's not uncomfortable in a, in a way that's transformative. It's uncomfortable in a way that's like, why am I even doing this to myself? What's wrong with me? You know, like, what yeah. am I, like you said, am I seeking validation? One of my mantras is, if it's meant for me, it comes to me easily. Period. Mm. If it's meant for me, it comes to me easily. It doesn't mean that I will not have to put forth some effort and that effort could just be through intention. That effort could be showing up. The effort could be sitting down. You know, the, that effort could be speaking up. It could be being quiet. But knowing that whatever's meant for me comes to me easily is is real because I spent years, you know, decades of like, well, no, I got to fight for it. Oh, no, there's got to be struggle here. If I don't struggle, then then what's the benefit? Oh why, why am I even
1: trying? And that's so learned and ingrained in us, especially as people of color, especially as women of color. Like being like just society teaches us that like growing up, we had to survive. I've been on this big thing with my therapist and in my life about transitioning my mindset from surviving to thriving. Mm-hmm. In every sense of the word, because. I've realized that although I've been relatively successful and I've, you know, I've fought to get here, I fought hard and I'm Mm -hmm. proud of all of that and all I've made it through. But that same mindset won't allow me to thrive and be peaceful and at peace the way that I need to be to thrive. Right. And so it's been like deconstructing all of these learned survival mechanisms that you don't have to use. And I notice it like when receiving love, Mm -hmm. I'm not used to being in healthy relationships and people honoring me. and You know what I mean? Even in friendships, like, Mm -hmm. and so sometimes like I'll be triggered and start to question things and start to create issues where they're not in me because I'm not used to not having to struggle for things.
0: Yep, exactly. And I've experienced the same thing. My partner and I have been together almost nine months and in the nine months, I guarantee at least every 17 days, she's like, girl, kid would you just let me love you please could you just you just, you just, you just, you just, you just let me love you i love please? that and i'm just like okay if i mean are you sure you know it because yeah, i, I are you used sure to you are you sure you want me because you. you know i'm a lot girl but, yeah, um,
1: and I didn't see the fact that we're a lot.
0: We're a lot of what? A of lot of ourselves. what? Exactly. A lot of me, exactly. Exactly. And, and I was listening to a podcast today that said like, you know, last time someone like a woman was saying, you know, yeah, the guy was that dating whatever. He was like, you're a lot, and she was like, you know what? I am a lot, and you're a little. So no, nope, <laughs> I like that. Like you uh, clearly, this is not this is not aligned. We are not see, you are not meant for yeah. me. So no, I'm I'm with you on that. I was um. Thinking about the other day, this idea of like being groomed to be to normalize chaos and being groomed Mm. to normalize, you know, abusive behavior, being groomed to normalize, you know, a lack of 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 love of real Mm -hmm. true love. It shows up. Hell, yeah, it shows up in relationships. And I'm I've been able to thankfully be blessed with a partner who was like, I know your shadows. I know them. And I'm seeing them. And while you're working through them, I'm just over here holding space for you while you do that. And that's... I've never experienced that before ever in life. Oh, my God.
1: That's so beautiful.
0: It's pretty amazing. So I'm pretty... That's
1: beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in a space, like, where I have a person who will hold space for me to discuss mm-hmm. insecurities to ask for what i need and i'm always met with a brave space it's like i have to call it brave not just safe mm-hmm. but a brave space where i can show up as my full self even like the parts that i don't normally like to show especially in relationships like insecurities or mm-hmm. the struggle like when i have what i call struggling days like when i'm struggling like and, and i'm always met with you know comfort and mm-hmm. affirmation and even just space like in a very honest and direct way there's like no sugar coating or coddling we have great conversations but it's always a brave space and I always feel comfortable and I've never had that
0: right right and a trip when you're like oh wow is this what I prayed for
1: I think it is yeah <laughs> is this what I you know that I that I
0: hope for that I dreamed about and 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 being in a space where I'm able to accept it, like I wrote mm. that down earlier, accepting it, not just liking it or loving it, but accepting it as something that I do deserve that is real, that is right. And, and knowing to be able to trust that, you know, is it has been a really beautiful experience for me. So I'm happy for you, girl.
1: I'm happy <laughs> for you too, boom. <laughs> so
0: exciting. Okay, so the way I like to wrap this out is I'm going to give you a couple of, um, I guess you call them sentence prompts or whatever. Basically, you're going to complete the sentence. So first one is, um, I want my legacy to be.
1: I want my legacy to be love,
0: Mm.
1: equity, purpose, passion, and play. I love it. If I could teach the world a lesson, it would be. If I could teach the world a lesson, it would be that you are enough exactly as you are in this moment without condition.
0: I showed myself love today by.
1: I showed myself love today by showing up.
0: Mm. I love it. And my power word is.
1: Ooh. Ooh. Oh man. Um, I'm going to have two because I don't like following rules. Hey, that's all good. <laughs> Rebel. <laughs> I love exactly. That. Uh. Um, my power word. Oh man. I feel like I have so many. Carly, get your laugh. Okay. Um. <laughs> Cause I got so excited. My power word, power words mm-hmm. are passion and purpose.
0: Mm, passion and purpose. I love it. So at the very end of each episode, I have been um, sharing a message from this Oracle deck that I use called the Oracle of E. And it's a deck of 52 cards. So I just need you to pick a number between eight. one, eight, boom. Love it. All right. <clears throat> Let's see. So the message is all in. All systems are go. Whatever you do right now, do not hold back. This is the perfect time to give it everything you've got. For every inch you move toward your dream, the universe will move it 10 miles closer. It's time to raise the stakes and play your hand. I'd jump in if I were you.
1: mm. Oh, I received that. I need you to send me a picture of that. I uh, I promise. (laughs) As soon as we're done, I promise. So, um, so yeah,
0: girl, thank you so much for creating the time to be able to connect like this. Um, the podcast is definitely one of my, my passion projects. It's very near and dear to me and I'm, I'm loving the direction that it's taking. I scope you out and I'm all up in your Instagram 24 seven being (laughs) inspired and empowered by what you're doing. I love, your vision. And I love the purpose and the passion that you pour into it. And I just see so much happening in all the work that you do and all the people that you're touching just by showing up as your whole and complete self. And I'm just grateful to be a witness to it. So thank you.
1: I'm so grateful for you. I'm so excited for your journey and just to see how everything is growing so beautifully into fruition. Like I feel like I can see all the pieces falling together for you and it makes my heart really happy.
0: Mm, thank you, girl. All right. Enjoy the
1: rest of this beautiful
0: Friday. I will. Thank okay. you. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye right, bye. You have a choice of hundreds of podcasts, and I appreciate you for choosing this one. Please take a moment to subscribe, share, and review this podcast. If you like what you've heard, check out my first book, Because I Said So. Simple Ways to Rewrite Your Story. Available on Amazon. Stay connected on social media. Find me at Keyshawn Rains. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to something different and experience something new. Peace and blessings. Namaste.